You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greetings, Webcology listeners. The ecosystem of the web marketing world is always changing. Technology, and more importantly, radio is evolving. Introducing the next evolution of radio technology for web marketers, the webmasterradio.fm mobile app for iPhone and Android. Listen live, download new shows daily, and stay connected through our social media network. Download the webmasterradio.fm mobile app in the iTunes Store or in Google Play now. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Everyone, welcome to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is the 19th of June, 2014. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. And you know what? We have another. Sh- we have one of those shows where we don't have a guest. We get to talk all about just stuff all hour long. These are some of my favorite shows, Dave. And this week has been a particularly busy week in the uh, tech, search, and IT sector. Um, you see the stuff we have up in, in the uh, chat window. Where do you want to start? Oh, my goodness. Um, and I'll, I'll apologize. I'm on, a slightly, I'm on a different kind of headset right now. So if I get a little off because I've got, like, full ear coverages right now, it's it's a little disorienting. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, love, I love censorship. I mean, I don't love censorship. Let me rephrase this. <laughs> <laughs> I love discussing censorship. Okay, well, um, you know- that's a, that is a very good segment because you know what? I'm not sure if this is censorship or pre- preventing false information, but it's certainly an overstep. Earlier this week, a provincial court in British Columbia, the, the Supreme Court of British Columbia, which is a province of Canada, sort of like it would be like the Supreme Court of an American state, ordered Google.com to remove a misleading result from its global search index. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to say that one more time because it mightn't seem like a very big deal when you, when, you, when you just hear it in words. The Supreme Court of British Columbia, in a ruling earlier this week, ordered Google.com to remove what it considers a misleading listing from its global search results. 
that's huge. I mean, the implications of that are enormous. A yeah. a a lower jurisdictional court in an independent nation state has just told Google what to do with its global listings. Yeah. That um, is a can of worms that's uh, pretty gargantuan, eh? You know, I, I think it uh, it can. Um, I know um, Angela, uh, you, you may or may not know her anyway, she's, uh, she works with me here, um, was writing up about it yesterday, and all I could think of uh, when I saw that was, yeah, no. <laughs> well, <laughs> if I was Google, like, it is a big thing um, in the context of, it sure is a court deciding that they have more power than they should have. Um, you know, I could see them insisting that no matter whether you're on Google.com or Google. Whatever, um, that you be blocked in the province of British Columbia. Okay, um, you know, I, I understand that, but and I think we're all in agreement here. I would not want, say, the nation state of China. Uh, to come forward and say, we've decided, Google, and, and they have a few more people than we do here in British Columbia. Uh, I, I wouldn't want the Chinese being able to go, hey, you know what? We find this to be a misleading uh, website, and so, uh, Google, you need to take it out of your index, right? I mean, it, it just it doesn't make sense, and what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Let me let me give you a little bit of background on, on why the decision was made. Um, the case was called Aquestic Solutions versus Morgan Jack, Andrew Crawford, and DataLink Technologies Gateway Incorporated. For short, it's known as Aquestic versus Jack. The case involves a company which claimed another company used, used its trade secrets to create a competing product. Furthermore, that company used a bait-and-switch tactic to trick users into purchasing the, uh, the copied product over the original product. The defendant had been the target of several court orders demanding it stop selling the copied product on its website. Mm -hmm. Google voluntarily removed search results for the copying, the, the counterfeit website, from Google.ca, but it was unwilling to block the worldwide search results, which led to the intervention of the British Columbian courts. So we have... The courts have decided, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're, they're, they're right in their decision, that one company was copying another company and, you know, profiting off of a product that didn't actually belong to them. Moreover, they were using bait and switch to take people from the original producer's website over to their counterfeit website. That's what the court ordered Google to block, and they ordered Google to block it on Google.com as well as Google.ca. So there's mm -hmm. a bit of background. Given that information, is there, you know, a hint, a scintilla of reasonableness in the British Columbia Supreme Court's decision? You know, I mean, all I can give is opinion, of course, right? I mean, and, and you may have a differing one and... You know, oh, I'm not so sure I do. I'm not so sure I do have a different um, opinion than you. But my, it's a weird case. It, it is a weird case to me. I mean, it, it's a weird case, but to me, the answer, to me anyway, the answer is cut and dry. Um, in that, if you can get it, you know, okay, if you have a problem in the United States, take it to the United States, right? If you have a problem in China, take it up in China. I mean, Google can deal with each each nation in Yahoo blocking ripoff reports in Australia. Not in every, you know, 
the laws of Australia were covered, and so they did what they did in, in Australia. They, they've since undone that, but that, that's a totally different story. Um, here, it, it, to me, it's not a case of, was this right or wrong? I may completely agree with the decision. The fact is, oh, the we, we live in, the internet is not under the jurisdiction of the British Columbia Provincial Supreme Court. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean it'd, be, it'd, be, it'd be great if it was all under you know, the jurisdiction of the place I live, that'd be great because then I could just know everything and, you know, file everything. But it's not, nor should it be. So, I mean, this is just a case of a course over, a court overstepping its bounds. Um, yeah. Google's going to slap them down. I'm sure they, I mean, this doesn't hold up. There's nothing you can do to force them to, nor should there be. And, and if these people want to have it blocked in the States, they have a legitimate claim. It's not that I'm debating what, that it should or shouldn't be blocked in the United States. But the beast, BC Supreme Court has no right to make that decision. Okay, well, uh, two things stem from that. Uh, a, but I, I, I absolutely agree with you. I think that the BC court radically overstepped its bounds. Um, and I've been thinking about this. How could the court not know it was overstepping its bounds? How could they, I mean, seriously, they know that they can't uphold their ruling in California or anywhere a Google data center is housed unless it's in British Columbia itself. Right. They must have intended this to go to a higher court, the Supreme Court of Canada. But even then, the Supreme Court of Canada should have zero say over how Google operates in Ireland or how Google operates in Germany. Right. Uh, well, I mean, we, as we've already seen in, in many cases in the past, I don't get to decide, hey, the results in China for Tiananmen Square should be different than what I'm seeing. I can't decide what Google well, does in and and this, and this is a, a worrying precedent. Why shouldn't a um, a state in Pakistan tell uh, Google to take down um, sites that violate Pakistan's blasphemy laws? Right. Um, it certainly opens the door to such to such cases. Now, here's something I really don't get: if the Supreme Court of British Columbia figures it can tell Google. Google.com, what to show and what not to show on its international index. Why doesn't it just tell the copyright guys to take down their website? <laughs> you know, if they're in British Columbia, if they're doing business in British Columbia, because this is where the, 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 the case was heard, why can't the court compel them just to get that website off the web? That'll take care of the problem, won't it? Well, you know what? It would, and I think this is a case where... Um, crossing international lines, I think, does make sense, where I, I think the court wouldn't be overstepping their bounds if the site itself was hosted in, say, California. Fact is, they're a Canadian company. So I think in that case, if the B.C. Supreme Court had decided, hey, we are extending our reach, we're going into this hosting company in California, but we're saying you have to drop this website because the company is, is from British Columbia and they're violating the laws of, of our nation. Okay, no problem. I, I, you know, that would be a different case, and we'd see how that would all play out. But I wouldn't think that's an overreach by the BC Supreme Court. They're, no. they're making a decision that crosses international lines, but they're making it because of the, of the location of, of the defendant in this case. Um, but yeah, telling Google what can and cannot display, now you're impacting uh, far, far extending what, what you are. This is going beyond the company and onto just horrendous precedence. Well, yeah, and, there's, and, and, and they're doing it on a fool's mission. Um, but here, you know what? Here we sit. That decision stands. Um, that was the Supreme Court of British Columbia. There is no higher court in the province. So until it goes to the Supreme Court of Canada, 
that precedent is there. It's open, and you know, expect state and provincial and municipal, and you know, um, maybe your maybe your local homeowners homeowners association to go after Google because they yep. can. Thank yeah. you, Supreme Court of British Columbia. <laughs> now, another Supreme Court in Canada actually did something that is, like, beyond super cool. The Supreme Court of Canada this week upheld an Internet user's right to privacy under the law. According to the Supreme Court of Canada, if a law enforcement agency is looking for information on a Canadian citizen, it needs to apply for a warrant to get electronic data. They can't do warrantless requests for information. As of the 14th, I'm sorry, as of Monday, they were no longer allowed to go after warrantless information. That's pretty cool. I, I just, you know, of course, I have to applaud this. I hope that this uh, precedent carries forward into, you know, if that precedent carried worldwide, I'd be pretty stoked. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly was extremely happy to see that uh, being Canadian. I, I'm sure you were, too. I think that was a great move and I think a great decision. Right? I mean, you can't just, you know, similar to, um, you know, in the you know, whatever, 70s, 80s, in a, in a pre-internet time, you couldn't just, you know, you're a cop walking to somebody's house and go, we're searching around for stuff. We think, you know, we think something might be bad in here, so we're going to look around. Um, you know, we, we don't want to live in that state. Um, so I, I'm certainly happy with, with their decision. I think it was a great, great defense of us. Hey, you know what? I used to work at a hosting company. You know that. I can only imagine every hosting company in Canada is going, oh, thank you, because it was a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> having to having to deal with that stuff and the legal ramifications of that sort of thing. Did you do you want to hear the uh, true irony surrounding this case, though? I, I do. Okay, I applaud this decision. This eight to nothing unanimous decision by the Canadian Supreme Court. By the way, mm-hmm. um, that there's no no ambiguity here. The court is saying straight up to the government, the old law sucks. They need a warrant. Um, the government of Canada has been trying to push through what uh, privacy advocates consider a terrible, uh, outrageous bill on internet privacy, which would allow law enforcement warrantless information warrantless information requests. They've been using the specter of pedophiles, of people who are into child pornography. Mm-hmm. To push us forward. And, you know, many of us in the privacy community are going, come on, like, really, comparing us to pedophiles? Really not cool. Yeah. We just want privacy, but we're not pedophiles. Well, the ruling that we're talking about in the Supreme Court of Canada upholding Internet users' privacy came in the case of a 19-year-old who lived in Saskatchewan who was charged with possession and distribution of child pornography. The cops traced his IP, IP address. They gathered his personal information from his internet service provider. The problem with their case was they did it without first getting a search warrant. Now, listeners might be happy to know that the Supreme Court upheld the pedophile's conviction. But at the same time, they, uh, they did so without the information gathered by the, by the police through the IP address. They ruled that that information 
was gathered illegally, and that you know, but the the, the pedophile is still going to jail. But again, the irony is the case that overturned uh, the warrantless warrantless information requests was in fact about a pedophile. <laughs> Yeah, see, yeah, it's one of those. Oh, I hate why we won. Yeah, we know the justice minister uh, Peter McKay is like, yeah, I got this one. But uh, for what it's worth, uh, Bill C thirteen, protecting Canadians from online crime act, is still, uh, you know, still, uh, still uh, in in front of Parliament. So we're not out of the woods on privacy yet. There is a new law coming along, however. They will the, the the government will have to be very very careful how they you know phrase the the concept of warrantless information searches for law enforcement officers in Canada around Canadian uh, Canadians internet uh, inf- uh, personal information about their internet accounts. <sighs> Thirteen years after nine eleven, finally some sanity in legislation again, eh? Yeah, no, I know, I know, um, and I mean the thing is, you know. And, and to make sure everybody, you know, sort of puts this in the right context. They did it without a warrant. This is not to say, hey, that guy wouldn't be going to jail, you know, even, you know, I mean, A, it was upheld without that data. So clearly, it was yeah, to jail anyway. But it's, it obviously, if it was such to the point where the conviction would have happened either way, they certainly had the information they needed to get a warrant. So it's not to say, hey, pedophiles, you're going to start running free. No, you just no. need to actually have some information to go, we need a warrant for this. It's the yes. same as it always has been. What the government is saying is if you want to spy into the private lives of Canadians, if you're a law enforcement agent, you need some judicial permission to do so. You can't just do it because you want to. Right. Which is absolutely fair. As a matter of fact, that's the way things used to be <laughs> when we had a sense of privacy under law. Okay, Dave, we're going to have to go to commercial in a few minutes. You know what? We have a hard stop on our, on, on our show at 3 p.m. today mm-hmm. because Webmaster Radio is introducing a new show following Webcology. PPC professionals share their PPC playbook uh, every Thursday starting at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Get ready to expand your pay-per-click skills and knowledge as Webmaster Radio FM presents a new radio series called PPC Playbook. It's going to be hosted by Shane Ryan and Maria Pirelli from PPC Professionals. Um, They're there to instruct listeners how to create and manage highly optimized PPC campaigns with the latest tools, techniques, and strategies to help you increase your ROI. After Webcology, stay tuned for PPC Professionals with Shane Ryan and Maria Pirelli. Uh, Dave, um, we'll go commercial in a few minutes. Before we do, something. remember we had that interview about Bitcoin like uh, three weeks ago with uh, Steve DeMillionaire from Indonesia? How could I forget? A funny thing happened on the way to Bitcoin riches the other day. <laughs> okay, this Bitcoin uh, is a currency is an alternative currency that has value as long as there's a free market of exchange for it. You know, as long as the as the um, coins continue to circulate and people are able to earn more, and no controlling authority has like you know the majority of bitcoins then then the system will will should run smoothly that's how the, oh. the 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 system is set up right so so it's like the stock market yeah well what would <laughs> if happen we all believe it has a value it does okay so what would happen in say in say the stock market and you know it's a pretty pretty obvious question what happens with a corporation when somebody has 51% of the shares 51% or more of the shares 
right? They, they gain control everything. of that corporation, right? <laughs> yep. A shadowy and mysterious group has claimed 51% of Bitcoins out there. We're following the story. It's a, it's a developing story. It's a, it, this, this happened last night. I got a uh, tweet from uh, Steve DeMillionaire saying something I mentioned on, on the show a couple weeks ago has actually come true. So I'm going to try to get more information. We'll certainly have more information for next week's show. But as of sometime in the last 48 hours, some mysterious group now has 51% of the Bitcoins out in circulation. Oh, I will be so interested to know who that is. Yep. But anyway... Um, I'm gonna be, actually I'm gonna I'm going to tweet Steve DeMillionaire. It's probably like two thirty in the morning Indonesia time. I'm gonna do it on a on a, on the chance that he actually receives it, and I'll see if I can get more information before we come back from break. In the meantime, we've got to take a commercial break here on Webcology and WebmasterRadio.fm. So, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Waste Media. You're listening to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the nineteenth of June, twenty fourteen. Stay tuned. Back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. As a business owner, you labor for the love of it, and you don't always have time to worry about your website. With GoDaddy Managed WordPress, you don't have to. Simply create your WordPress site or migrate an existing site. GoDaddy will handle the hosting, setup, backups, and security, and keep your site running at blazing speed so you can share your passion with your customers online. Visit GoDaddy.com and enter code MANAGED to get managed WordPress for $1 a month, plus a free domain. Some limitations apply. See website for details. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Before you painstakingly create another label or drag yourself to the post office, set a course to ShipStation, your key to e-commerce shipping nirvana. Save time by easily importing orders from wherever you sell, like Amazon, eBay, and over 40 others. Save money with discounted USPS rates and a free USPS account. Automate manual tasks through bulk label and invoice printing, custom shipping rules, and much more. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash WebmasterRadio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. Time to open your PPC playbook. Optimized by PPC professionals. Learn how to execute winning strategies for building your structured ad campaigns and optimize your bids and targeted ads with the tips and advice of our PPC pros. 
Inside your PPC playbook. Optimized by PPC professionals. Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, starting June 19th, or on demand anytime inside the advertising channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the host, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on Webmaster Radio FM. It is the 19th of June, 2014. It's Jim Hedger from Digital Ways Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. Got a lot more to talk about, including some stuff that came out of last week's SMX Advanced. Um, you know, people are looking for magic bullets that will get their ra- their websites to rank well, to propel them to the top ten of Google or Bing results. And you know, I can hear you laughing in the background, Dave, because you know there's no magic bullets, right? Yep. Well, none that'll get you to the top anyway. <laughs> there are some magic bullets that are filled with like a mixture of kryptonite and plutonium that will drive you to the bottom really, really damn quick. Sometimes they're like, you know, really bad, you know, link footprints. Sometimes they're like, uh, you know, uh, 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 just ultra spam or you're, you know, somehow you've been SQL injected and you're serving bad content or malware. And sometimes there's stupid little mistakes that sort of, that will trigger somebody at Google to take a manual, a live look at your website. And a little nugget came out of um, SMX Advance last week. Um, it's written about by Bear by our hero, Barry Schwartz, in Search Engine Roundtable today. You ever, um, you ever see, like, a, 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 a website that, um, say it's like a splash page, and all you see is your browser does not support JavaScript? Yep. Or some stupid message like that? That message is often contained in what's called a NoScript tag. Um... Little messages like that are, you know, little automated messages are, are, are put inside that tag. Well, when Google sees a NoScript tag, that indicates to them that somebody isn't really paying attention to their website or to their template or, you know, um, it indicates to them that somebody may be trying to, you know, mess around with search results because uh, the NoScript tag was a place where people would, like, keyword stuff or put, you know, uh, the, the equivalent of, of hidden text found inside the head of your website, okay? Yeah, yeah. So, though Google doesn't penalize you for using it, apparently, according, again, according to uh, Maley Oily from, uh, from Google... Use of the NoScript tag will probably trigger a manual examination of your website um, and could possibly put your website in that limbo place that we used to call the sandbox, but we just sort of call limbo or purgatory or something now. <laughs> well, we were told there is no sandbox. There's just things that look and act like it, but there isn't one. Um yeah, I mean, I, I think this is a perfectly fair call. If no other reason, let's let's take spamming aside. If for no other reason than exactly what you said first, if this thing's showing up, then that site hasn't been tested properly. I mean, this shouldn't happen because there's technologies that would enable pretty much anything you want to be there, to be there in some capacity. 
Um, so as soon as you see something like that, it, it just means, you know what, the, the developer here, uh, either there's something really, really specific. So there, there are cases I can think of where, where this would happen, but, you know, a tool or, or something like that. But, um, you know, they're, they're few and far between. And I think this is something that, that, you know, good call on Google. Obviously, it's been misused enough to, uh, to warrant this. Okay, well, here's something else that might get Google to take a direct look at your website. And this one's weird, okay? I'm not quite sure how I feel about this one. Again, it was uh, written up today in uh, Search Engine Roundtable by Barry Schwartz. Comes from a Webmaster World thread where um, a webmaster claimed he received a reconsideration request, a request rejection notice, and uh, Google gave example links, including links that 302 redirect to his website. Now, um, a 302 is a temporary redirect. 301 is a permanent redirect. The thing that confuses me about um, this story isn't that Google would go take a look because of a, a link that is posited as a 302 redirect. It's that somebody would do that in the first place. <laughs> like, maybe, what am I missing here? I'm a, I, I know I'm an, I'm an old school SEO guy and I, you know, sometimes, sometimes the kids have tricks that I just don't know about. But, like, like, a 302 has a specific use. Yeah. I you know, I can even see a link I can even see a link being posited as a 301 permanent, but not a 302. Why? What am I missing here, Dave? Um, you know what? I, I, I think the reason that it would be used, I, I can think of an example where it would be used but misused um, with sort of half right information. Um, would be, um, let's, uh, let's take an environment. You, you know, you have, have somebody call you up. Um, and I I should note, this is not a scenario I'm in, but Mm -hmm. I I can imagine this. Um, somebody called me up, I've got a penalty and you, you sincerely look at their site. You can see that, and I'm sure it was some, you know, quote unquote SEO they hired and not them that did these bad links, but, uh, <laughs> you know, because everybody likes to blame somebody else. But, uh, you know, and, and sincerely, it may have been. Um, but if you like looked at it and honestly went, you know what, just burn it to the ground, right? Like where there are times, I'm sure you've seen them, or at least I, I have, where you have to look at one and go, the work required to undo all of this damage um, surpasses what you would gain by having it fixed, right? If you're going to be left, okay. we have to remove a thousand bad links and you've got one good one left. You know, uh, you, you managed to get your, you know, whatever, best of the web listing. Oh, that might be a DMOS or, you know, whatever. You got one good link floating around somewhere. Um, so, but if you had traffic to this site, a little bit, you got direct traffic, you got this and that floating around and you just want to, you know, put your site up on a new domain and start again, what kind of redirect would you use to pass that across? Now, you and I would probably use things a little more sophisticated than the 302, right, to, to transfer that traffic across. Um, yeah, like you know, Or you could use something, well, but you don't want to pass over these horrible links, right? So what do you do? Um, you know, I, I mean, you could use something as simple as a meta refresh and just move it across with like just blocking the heck out of it and basically going to Google. No, do not, you know, no index, no follow block with. Well, yeah, but then, then you're getting no Google action at all. 
Well, indeed, but I, what I can, what I'm imagining is a scenario where you're basically going, I want to start fresh. And that's it, right? Like, I want to start from scratch because it is so much work here to undo all of this. I'm better off just to start with zero links, zero, and just move my site to a new domain. What I imagine is this person probably did that, wanted to make sure some of their traffic came across, and went, I'm going to 302 it, thinking it's a temporary redirect, right? It doesn't, you and I both know that that actually doesn't function that way. <laughs> but I could see, you know, historically, if you, if you asked me a decade ago, say, if you asked me even, you know, five, six years ago, does a 302 pass link wait? I'd probably answer no. I can't remember this, but, you know, I'm mm-hmm. sure you know. It all gets kind of fuzzy in that middle zone. There it kind of has to, though. I mean, if it doesn't pass link wait, it passes judgment. Well, and that's, that's I think, where they're, they're getting bit in the butt here on this one is they've gone with a 302 going, it doesn't pass link weight, which I, I mean, I will disagree with them there. I think it does pass some if Google sees it there for long enough. Um, but yeah, it is going to pass the, the trust is going to sort of go, oh, okay, well this is over there. Um, you, so remember, you remember the history, you remember the historic dossier, the historic file Google has on every domain inside the website in, inside yep. its index. Yep. If you 302, it's a temporary redirect, not going to pass all the link juice and stuff, yes, but it does pass the note that um, your, uh, your, your former website, xyspam.com, is now xysunshine.com. Yeah. But it was xyspam.com at one time, and Google knows that. You've, you've told it that. Uh, xysunshine could be hosted totally differently. There's no connection between the two, but you told it so. From xyspam.com to xysunshine, you told it so with the 302. You ain't passing link juice, but you are passing judgment. Indeed. And I mean, I think that's a case of you just keep your old domain there and you sort of leave it. You know, maybe take the site down, but, you know, put up a note, you know. (laughs) We've had to move here. Um, Now, something, just point of conversation, something I saw recently, and I actually sent across an email over to Google on this one. Interesting one, I saw a no-followed link. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> like, you, you, you can't. That's the purpose here. You can't list in, in this client's unnatural links. You can't list a no followed one. Come on. Yeah, you guys uh, aren't even paying attention to your own rules anymore, are you? <laughs> it's like, you know, we know that's a paid link. That's why it has no follow on it. Right. So, um, anyway, that was, uh, you know, a, an interesting one that I think is a little more, to me anyway, I, I, I think I was giving Google a little more legitimate complaint going, but this, this is what you're telling us to do here. Um, you know, I'm not going to pretend that client's backlink profile is perfectly squeaky clean, and I don't think that would have triggered their penalty, however. <laughs> but it was, you know, sort of as a, a list after. I'm like, really? No, that doesn't make sense. This isn't what you should be showing us. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I think it's it's interesting. I'm not surprised. So, note to all of our listeners: don't 302 your crappy links over to uh, over to a new a new page. Yeah, not a not a good idea. And you know what? Check all your WordPress templates. Make sure that no script message ain't there. Yep. Um, you often find them in in places like WordPress. Um, sometimes in old Dreamweaver sites too. I remember, and I remember NoScript was often used as a fail-safe in Dreamweaver. Yeah. Um, we got time for one more. What do we have here? Um, hey, okay, this one's really fast. We don't, we don't have any background notes on it, but I'm, 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 you know, I'm sure Dave is going to raise the, the hairs on the back of your neck. <laughs> Last week, Sergey Brin admitted, you know, straight up, unequivocally, 
not even a mea culpa here, but he said straight up that uh, Google Plus was kind of like a mistake. <laughs> now, I think we can all agree that they've gone so far down this road that they really can't back their way out of this, you know, <laughs> easily. They've, they've, yeah. they've altered the way their search engine operates. Uh, integ- you know, Hummingbird was partially integration of, like, individual interests as, um, you know, derived from information in Google+, Plus, which was the real ID machine. Anyway, um, with the departure of, of the Google Plus lead engineer, Vic Garinda, um again, this is like speculation time. What's next? Where can they go? What can they do with, like, this half-baked machine that's going to be called OrCut before we call it Google Plus again? Um, you know what, I... Okay, you know what? You're right. You're right. We're totally speculating here. I think what they're going to do, if I have to guess, um, is pull back on that personal here's you as a human being. Um, like, I think they will still keep that to a certain degree, the authorship aspect of things, but not this, hey, we're trying to use this as a communication tool, but more, let's be honest, we're using it as a tracking and identity tool. I think that's what we're going to see them pull back and then push more forward into the sort of page side of things, right? This is your business on the web this is where you manage you know we we saw that with a you know um their their enhancements last week of you know the places unifying everything together and stuff um but i think making it more a one point stop for businesses where they fail and and fall down and i think if they'd really thought about it they would have known from a user standpoint an individual user going back to 97 why did people start to use google simplicity (laughs) <laughs> because it was simple. Um, and so I think, you know, adding in this, like, capacity for chat and this and that. No, when people are using Google, they want to see a box, and and then they want to fill something in it, and then they want Google to show them what they want, right? They're not there to chat or, or whatever. Yeah. So I, I think we're going to see them pull back on the personal side. Um, I don't think it was a mistake per se. I think it forced them to develop in some properties, um that I think they're making use of. I think there's going to be a lot of secondary benefits from their launch into it. But I think it as a personal, um, you know, communication, let's share, let's add to circles. I think that part is, well, brilliant. Well, I, I actually appreciate the infrastructure and what it's forced Facebook to do. Um, I, I just, you know, yeah, he's, he's, I think, spot on. They, they got to pull back from that. Well, we're going to have to go to a break in a second, um, but b- b- before we do, I just want to give Google, because I know you guys are listening, I, I want to give <laughs> Google a free tip here. The more you try to simplify stuff for the individual user, the more complicated you make things for yourself. Google, you developed into the most significant tech corporation in the world, the world's largest privately owned public utility because you had a cadre of experts who really understood you doing stuff inside your environment. Yeah. The more you try to simplify it for the individual user, the individual business owner or whatever, the more complicated stuff is going to get for you. Go back to your roots, friends. If you, I mean, like seriously, you double down on Google+. Come back to the community. Um, we still <laughs> love you. We'll treat you nice. We promise. <laughs> anyway, um, Anyway, that's a, a free a free uh, service announcement to Google, <laughs> backed up by the Toronto Fire Department. Um, 
Okay, friends, we got to take a break. We're um, we're seriously cutting time here. So, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're going to be back for the last segment after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. While some affiliate networks can give you offers, Affiliate Offers Network gives you offers that pay big. Why do affiliates work with Affiliate Offers Network? How about because they work with powerhouse CPAs like Affiliate.com? How about that affiliates get paid every Monday to kick off their work week? Plus, learn how their green bucket system can turn your email, display ad, social, video, or mobile impression into profitable income. Get connected today with Affiliate Offers Network. Call 312-560-0175 or visit AffiliateOffersNetwork.com. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Paywin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Taking you on the fast train of affiliate and performance marketing. Hop on board the Affiliate Exchange. We stop at every subject from clicks to conversions to commissions. We pick up pointers from the pros of affiliate and performance marketing. All aboard the Affiliate Exchange, powered by the Affiliate Offers Network. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. 
premiering Tuesday, June 24th, or on demand inside the affiliate marketing channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It's Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. It's the 19th of June, 2014. And uh, Dave, do you, uh, I mean, you guys use Google Analytics in your shop, eh? Once or twice, yeah. I like every, once or twice every hour is what I mean, yeah. Okay, well, you know, we can't be calling it Google Analytics much longer. I mean, I guess we're going to keep calling it Google Analytics because it's got to refer to something. But as of, uh, well, sometime in, uh, as of early June, I can't tell you the exact date, but in the last 19 days, Google has now switched if you're going to do a new install of what we know as Google Analytics, what you're actually installing is Google's Universal Analytics. Right. Now, they've been beta testing Universal Analytics for, for over a year, but on April 2nd this year, it went from beta to production. So uh, right now you can run the old Google Analytics and the new Universal Analytics in parallel with each other which I, I would actually recommend that you do. And uh, watch Search Engine Land. My partner, Alan Connect, has um, has uh, submitted an article. It's going to be published sometime in the next uh, in the next week. Time to switch to Universal Analytics that outlines how to run them in parallel. But if you if you if you do run GA Google Analytics and Universal Analytics in parallel, you'll be able to get a sense of how Universal Analytics measures slightly differently. Thus. Well, that's basically changing the measurements you're getting this month from the measurements you were looking at last month, which can have a cascade effect on whatever whatever KPI, key performance indicators, you set up with, with your clients. Yeah, which is crucial to know. Well, absolutely. I mean, suddenly you're, you've dec- your uh, number of site visits, which are actually, in fact, now sessions, um, have decreased by uh, X percentage. Well, actually, they haven't decreased. It's just Google's measuring slightly differently. Right. So, you know, you really want to be able to explain this to your client and show them how, you know, how there's a difference here and a, to a difference here. You know what I mean? Yep. Show them the, the, the spread between the numbers and explain the difference between Google Analytics and Universal Analytics. Again, if you haven't read up on Universal Analytics yet, do it now. Go, you know, and uh, I, I wish I could say exactly when uh, when Alan's um, article is going to be published. Um, I know it was submitted to uh, Search Engine Land yesterday, and uh, it should be going up again sometime in the next week. So watch for it. But again, watch your uh, watch your analytics streams and be ready to go through that um, page by page, putting that script in. You, you know what? Time. I'm gonna. I'm going to step out, ask you to ask your partner. I mean, obviously, this is huge. This is something we should all we should all know a little more about. He's obviously done a lot of research into it. Think you can grab Alan for next week? Absolutely, brilliant. Well, Absolutely. Then, next then week, we will have stay tuned. We will have one of the one of the industry's leading experts on analytics, um, Alan Connect. Uh, disclaimer alert from Digital Always Media. <laughs> um, <laughs> but again, hey. 
he's earned his stripes. That the he's earned his stripes is one of the one of the analytics experts in uh, in the industry. So, you know what? I, I was the one that wanted him, and full disclaimer. I have uh, no affiliation with them whatsoever, <laughs> other than liking them on fa- or on uh, on Facebook. So, uh, no, that's great. Uh, going to be awesome. He he does uh, know just wax and wax. So I'm going to be really interested to hear his take on this. But before next week, I'm, I'm, I'm again urging listeners: read up on Universal Analytics, learn to run them in tandem, um, get your new baselines now because this is Google. One day, what you knew as Google Analytics is going to disappear. This is how they do stuff, eh? It's, yeah. It's going to be gone. Um, they might give you warning. They might not give you warning. They might said. They might say, hey, we gave you warning. It was called Universal Analytics, remember? <laughs> I don't know how they're going to do it, but again, I'm telling you, one day you're, one day it's going to change. Don't get caught unawares. Um, we've got time for one more. Uh, where do you want to go with this, Dave? Uh, Amazon. We've got to talk about the Amazon phone. Amazon All phone. Right. Let's do it. Now... Admittedly, I don't know nearly enough about it, except yesterday, uh, Amazon entered the mobile phone market. It did so for a very good reason. It's Amazon has reached that critical mass point where it's become so integral to the lives of, predominantly, of American consumers that it only makes sense for them to release a mobile device where American consumers can, you know, shop easily for Amazon products on their mobile device, um, take pictures of products in the remaining uh, retail stores and have Amazon find that product and ship it to them cheaper. Um, And basically, you know, i got a big problem with this, Dave. Can you tell? What do you think about the Amazon Fire Phone? Uh you know, like you, I, I think where my instinctive, you know, business, hey, I hate the idea of people walking into, like, somebody who's paying rent to have a store offering you good advice, and you just know, yeah, it's going to have, like, a one-click scan this UPC code and order one, right? Yep. Um, from that angle, I I obviously don't don't like it. I, I don't think there's anybody going, yeah, that's, that's great for small business. However, as Amazon looking at this... You know, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a great move on Amazon's part. I, heck, I'm I'm actually looking. I've got a new new employee starting next week. I got an Amazon box sitting like three feet away from my desk. <laughs> like so clearly, I shopped there um, with it with a new monitor stand for them. So um, yeah, it, it's. I mean, I think from you know you got to view this from Amazon's perspective. I, I think it's a good move on their part. I think it sucks for small businesses, um, but uh, but I do think it's a good move for Amazon. Well, I agree with you. It is a great move for Amazon, and you know, philosophically, I got. I'm, I'm a dinosaur. I know. I like the idea of a wide variety of businesses serving the consumers rather than one monolith. But I realize the monolith is just so much easier. I get that. You know what? The the monolith is here's, and I think we're going to be in total agreement here. And this is just like a hey, people, do the right thing. If you're going to order off Amazon, don't walk into a store to try it out. Right, like go. You got to go with that risk too. If you're going to walk into that store and try the hands on and ask the guy some questions, you know yeah. that's that's what you're paying a little bit extra for is that ability. So if you're not uh, if you're not going to pass on the the value for that, don't buy your product from. But you know, philosophically, this is the changing landscape of our consumer of our consumer markets. 
Okay. And Amazon has found a way to, you know, if the fire takes off, and you know what, it may not. It may not take off at all. You apparently, because Amazon and Google don't play nice together, <laughs> Amazon has um, some pretty significant barriers to using Google products. Um, you can't download Google-esque apps like Google Maps or Google Earth to your Amazon device. You can use Google services through a browser. They, they, they can't really cut that off, but you can't get anything through the Amazon store that is Google-ish. So there's a limitation. Um, we'll see what happens. The, the Amazon Fire Phone may or may not take off. It's the first iteration, so there's bad reviews of it, but, I mean, like that's to be expected. It's the first iteration. Um, they're, 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 they're bound to improve. Um, hell, even, even BlackBerry improves incrementally. Um, Bing is the default search uh, device on the Amazon device, on the Amazon tool. It's in stores and uh, probably in a heck of a lot of people's pockets now. Um, it's, uh, this, it's, it's worth noting, 19th of June, uh, 2014, is one of those days the world changed. We just don't know it yet. And that pretty much brings us to full time. It's five minutes to the hour. We have news coming up on the network any moment now. And we have the PPC playbook coming up. I'm actually I'm excited about this show. I've known Shane Ryan for, uh, God, nigh on 14, 15 years now. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Shane has always been a really quiet voice in the community, toiling away in the back. He's, he's one of those guys who actually invented a lot of technique but never took credit for it in the SEO world. Yep. Now he's focused entirely on PPC, and the guy's a mad genius. And um, yeah, I'm I'm quite looking forward to, to watching their show turn out. And speaking of shows turn out, last point for this show. Do you know what show this is for us, Dave? Oh no, you're going to make me feel old. What show is it? I am two ninety eight. Wow, two hundred and ninety eight episodes of Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. I'm not going to do the math, but that feels like around six years. Our 300th show is coming up on April, on July the 3rd. Stick that date aside. I don't know what we're going to do, but it's going to be fun. Oh, yes, it episodes. is. Okay, on that, we got to go. We've been full-time. So on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, that's Dave at beanstalk-seo.com. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Jim at digitalwaysmedia.com. You've been listening to the 298th episode of Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. <laughs> Stay tuned. Some great original content coming up on the network after the news. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.